Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. All right, all right. Thank you for coming back. Part two of this series. I apologize. It's a little delay between postings. I've had some tough technical issues. Uh, got them sorted out, I think. Uh, there was a clicking sound and I had to figure out what to do with it because I really didn't want you to have to listen to a clicking. It was driving me crazy and you definitely didn't want that, I don't think. So today's episode, I'm going to start with a story. There's this small village town up in the mountains. And in this town, there's a tradition. The tradition is when a young boy or a young girl uh, becomes of age, they, they pick a place near the village to set up a home when they move out. Much like you would see today, you know, we have these, uh, you know, cultural markers, let's say, you know, turning 18, you know, turning, you know, 16, you're officially able to drive or turning 18, you know, you're an adult. Uh, and so it goes. But in this village, there was a similar thing. When they came of age, they would pick a place near the village to set up a new home. And this this family had a young girl, and you know she in her early childhood she could be seen hanging out in the field, picking flowers. Uh, going down to the water and helping her mom bring water up to the to the home and you know hanging out with the other children and playing and so when she came of age she knew she knew exactly where she wanted to go there was this little plateau that was overlooking the creek and it wasn't big. It was it was a small little plateau, just big enough for her to have a home and a garden. But the most important thing, it had her favorite flowers already. She didn't even have to plant them. They were already there. And it was this little purple, beautiful flower. And so she was like, that's where I'm going to be. They had another tradition. Before they left the home, they would hand form a bowl, a big bowl. Like what we would probably see today is one of those really, you know, nice salad bowls. And they would hand form it out of clay. And they would heat it in the fire and it would harden. And they would use that bowl every time they went down to the water. They would scoop it full of water and they'd bring it back up to their home and they would use it to water their garden or, um, you know, to make their food, stuff like that. And so she hand forms this bowl. And then she's with the help of her family, they set up this, this new homestead right on this, this plateau above the Creek. And every day, she would grab her little bowl or her big bowl <laughs> and she would walk down the hill and she would take the same path every day and she'd fill the bowl with water and she'd carry it back up to the top 
And as the years passed by, the bull was just so happy to be able to provide for its maker. As time moved, the bull got older. And eventually, the bull formed a little crack. And it fought hard to hold as much water as it could all the way up the hill to the house. Day after day, week after week, it got harder and harder for that bull to hold all the water. I mean, it would drip. It started off dripping. Then it would, and then pretty soon, it was just a steady little stream. And she would just carry that bull faithfully up the hill. Pretty soon, the crack was so large that the bull was only getting about half of the water up the hill. And it got pretty sad. It was pretty disappointed. It, was, it wanted so badly to make its maker happy. And the bull just kept getting worse and worse at getting the water up the hill. And eventually... The maker comes out one morning with a brand new bowl she had made. And she picks up the old bowl and carries both the old bowl and the new bowl down to the water. And that bull was fighting so hard, so hard to carry the water up the hill. But inevitably, almost all of the water would be gone when it got to the top. And she, she would use the new bowl to water her garden, prepare food. And the old bowl just grew sad, super sad. Finally, the old bull has the courage. It says to her, why do you carry me? I can't even get the water back up here anymore. And the old bull maker, the lady who moved onto this plateau, grabs the old bull, leaving the new bull behind, carries the old bull all the way down the hill as it's talking to the bull, as she's talking to the bull and the bull's talking to her. And she, she just says, you know, values dependent on what you're creating. And the old bull says, yeah, but I can't do anything for you anymore. You fill me up with water and I just want so badly to get it to the top of the hill, but I just can't do it. And she fills the old bull with water and she says to the old bull, why don't you look where we're going this time? Stop fighting the water. And look where we're going. At which point the old bull looks at the path for the first time in a very long time. Because it had been fighting so hard, thinking that it had to keep all of that water inside. It didn't even notice. Right alongside the path, only on one side, the side that that bull was carried on. The path was lined with the most beautiful purple 
flowers. Now, I'm telling you that story because we often look at brokenness and we think, yeah, I'm too broken. I'm too sad. I'm too depressed. I'm too anxious. I'm not enough for my partner, my spouse. I'm not enough for my children or my friends because I'm just, just broken. Like I just don't add much value. I'd like to flip that upside down and look at the other side of that for a moment. Brokenness may actually be the glue in the relationship. Stay with me for a second. If I'm good at everything and I don't have any brokenness, which is not the case, let me tell you. Then where do you fit in my life? Truth is, I can't be good at everything. And where I'm not good, my hope is there's somebody out there who is. Because if that's the case, then our brokenness becomes our bonding point. It's the place at which we grow together. And that's very important. I was once told my, my best friend growing up, his mom was kind of a second mom to me. And uh, one day she says, you know, you're not actually looking for the perfect girl. And I was a naive teenager. I was like, okay, where are you going with this? Because in my world, I, I was looking for a perfection. I wanted something perfect. I wanted something amazing and great and emotionally perfect and mentally perfect and physically perfect. And she said, what you're actually looking for is the person with the perfect flaws. It's the whole lock and key scenario. You want your key to fit in the lock so that when you're together, you function for a purpose and it's better. Life is better that way. And I think there's a lot of truth in that story that she said, you know, you're not looking for perfection. You're looking for the perfect flaws, the ones that line up well with you, that create the best bond and the best team. I would propose to you that if you're feeling like an outsider, it's primarily because you're not sharing the hard parts. I will take a slight detour here and also clarify. There is a thing called oversharing. Oversharing is when our communication is only about us. And we don't do a good job of listening and taking in the other person. It's one-sided. I'm not going to get into a lot of that, but I did want to emphasize that just as a sidebar to say it's you know, in a selfish world that we often live in, that can happen also. 
and it can create what happens then is it's not about finding the places of imperfection to line up. It's about, I just want to tell my own stuff. I want to be, I just want to be loved as I am. And as I am is well in a scenario like that, where they're oversharing they're they're not attuning to the person in front of them in that scenario. It's just selfish. Okay. That was the sidebar. I'm going to crank it back over to the brokenness stuff. Being an outsider is primarily a result of not sharing the hard stuff and creating those natural bonds that are supposed to occur around our imperfection. Okay. I also want to hit on how brokenness can be weaponized. So another detour off of the, you know, the outsider and the brokenness piece is the brokenness can be weaponized. Now, some of you out there are probably thinking, oh yeah, no, I've told somebody something really hard and they turned around and made me feel as though that was not okay. And you may be wondering, yeah, what do I do with people who weaponize my challenges? And they rub it in my face. First, I want to emphasize this. None of us are immune to hurting each other. If you know me long enough, I'm going to hurt you and it's not going to be on purpose. It's just not. Like I, I know me. I don't want to hurt people, but I do. And I'm telling you that because sometimes we don't realize the amount of pain behind the painful experience that's shared. Or sometimes we misread and we think, oh, I'm supposed to make light of this to help ease the pain. And it hurts more. When we misread, we hurt people. And so it's one of those points of clarity where sometimes if we're not sure, we're better off to just ask. Just say something like, what, am, what do you want me to do with this? Is there anything you want me to do with this? They may say, no, just in the back of your mind, keep it there so that you know when I'm struggling with ABC that it probably has to do with this. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. And that could give me more patience and more empathy. So the first part is just know people do hurt people. Most of the time, I would suggest it's not on purpose. It's not on purpose. Sometimes we come across mean people. What do we do with those? The ones that they look for our information because they're, they're socially intelligent and they want to take that information and hold it for that moment where it is power in their world. One, if you come across somebody like that, distance yourself, create distance, love them from further away. Because people who weaponize your pain on purpose 
are not people you need to spend a lot of time with. So distance yourself. That would be my suggestion. And then I would suggest you assess your own ability to accurately assess other people. I think that's an important thing because when we find ourselves repeatedly getting into relationships where others hurt us, which some of us do, our picker might be a little bit broken and we might need to pay some attention to it. What do I mean by our picker? Our internal compass points us towards certain types of people, people that we feel like we can connect to. And if it's picking the wrong people over and over and over, the ones that are going to hurt us over and over and over, then we need to take a look at why we're picking those people. Now, it's not always this way, but oftentimes past relationships dictate future relationships. We have to be super intentional if we want to shift that at all. So what I mean by that, you know, if we're raised by a mom or a dad who act in a certain way, we tend to feel comfortable in those types of environments. It's part of the reason why uh, a child who is uh, maybe abused finds an abusive boyfriend or girlfriend. Past Past relationships often lead to future patterns. If we can identify those patterns, we can usually find our way into a shift, into a a new way of being so that we are attracting and being attracted to a different type of person maybe one that's healthier and going to be better for us. So there's the brokenness conversation for you. We often view brokenness as a problem. And oftentimes it's actually our solution. It's our solution to the connection. It's our way of bonding. We bond at Oftentimes, we bond at some of those broken points. We match up our strengths with their weaknesses and vice versa because people heal people. Just like people break people, it takes people to heal people. And we tend to be better when we work together. And in order to work together, we got to know the brokenness, the strengths and the weaknesses. And we got to line them up in such a manner that we're higher functioning. Okay. That was our our episode on brokenness. Thanks for joining us. I hope this was thought provoking and we'll see you next time.